Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, I'm again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube, subscribe there, and you can also find the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. We're just so thankful that you guys are here and that you guys are a part of the podcast family as we continue to study together. Okay, so here's a few things before we get started. Um, number one, I want to thank you guys for your support on social media. When I put topics up there, it's just great to see uh, the support of the listeners um, as I put topics that I, I may talk about or maybe I'm thinking about talking about. So this one that we're going through today is something that y'all have actually picked. So I'm thankful that we can study that together. Um, two, um, the studio is almost done. It's almost it's looking nice. I'm really excited about it. And I think it's going to look pretty cool as we uh, get ready to record in there pretty soon. So I'm hoping maybe within the next week, maybe two max, uh, we can get get started to record uh, in that studio uh, as well. And so here's also one more thing I want to mention before we get started uh, with our podcast today, which I'll picked. Um, we actually have merch now, right, which I'm really, really excited about that. Um, really excited for that opportunity, something I wanted to do. Uh, but now, you know, I've kind of got the opportunity to do it now. And I'm really thankful to have that. Um, so if you want to check it out, you can go to merch.streamelements.com slash jpu24 just put the number 24 all right that's again that's merch.streamelements.com slash jpu24 and then you could check out the merch there um the link is also on the facebook page you can just click the link um and so i'll have a couple sample products in probably the next two or three days and so i'll put that out there just so you guys can look at the quality and and check it out so i'm really excited for that opportunity and hopefully we can use this as like an evangelistic tool to so if we wear this around, people asking, what, what does learn, study, grow mean? What what does that logo mean? And that could be something where we could potentially get some some studies uh, off of that as well. So thank you guys for, for supporting that too. All right, so let's get started with our podcast for today. I'm really excited about this topic that y'all picked. And the topic is this, ladies, you have control over me. Ladies, you have control over me. So before we get started, when you see topics like this, many times you can think it's um, it's for one side, but it's not for another side. So before we get started, let's kind of put this disclaimer out there. This is not just a podcast just for the ladies, right? Guys, we need to listen to this. We need to grow. There's things we can take from this. And there's things that I truly believe through the scriptures is extremely, not if, if not more, beneficial for you than it will be for them it, it's very beneficial so we should have the humility to listen we should have the humility to look through these things and study so that we can be uh the men that they need us to be according to what god wants us to be in scripture but then on the other side ladies as well this is not a podcast to um to to look to look down upon or to or to bash or to, or to say well you're not doing this or you're not doing that you know, and, and sometimes when you see topics like this, 
um, you can be, well, what about the guys? You know, what about them? If you're coming into lessons, if you're coming into podcasts with that attitude, you're already on the wrong path anyway. So this is trying to help as the Lord is trying to explain some things of, of the power that you all have. All right. So hopefully as we study that both sides, that we can learn something from scripture here. So here's how we're going to introduce this. And this topic actually came from a study of mine that I had with a friend uh, a couple of days ago, and we were looking at certain women in scripture from Genesis uh, to probably around Deuteronomy, and we kind of saw the same thing. And we saw like, man, this wouldn't have happened, you know, without the influence of, of certain people. And so we're like, man, they have so much power to influence other people to do things, nations to do things, men to do things, other women to do things. And so as we looked at it, we're like, man, maybe that can be a podcast we can talk about. So when you think about the power that you have, and as we introduce this, ladies, there's something that the Lord has given you. And I can't really put, uh, you know, pinpoint it down, but in layman's terms, y'all have a, um, you have a superpower that the Lord has given you to where when you say something or the way that you say it, or just because it's you saying it, other people follow, whether that's your children, whether that's other people, whether that's uh, who you're seeing, you know, your, your husband, whoever it is, you can influence people to do whatever you want them to do. And you know, you have that power. You have that type of power within you. And so as we talk about it, ladies, what you can do is you can use that gift, that influence to help the man of God, to help the church, to help leadership, to help young women, to help uh, younger men. You, you can use your influence to help and to be such an asset to any congregation or any family or any person and to God that you want to. Or you can use that power that you know you have and you can use that for your own selfish ambition. You can use it to get what you want out of people. You can use it to get the results that you want out of certain situations. And you can use that because you know you have it, right? You know you got that. So as we as we go through this, we want to look at the power that you ladies have and the influence that you can have as we as we grow and as we walk through this life. So here's the first one. So as we look at, there's three powers. Uh, again, there's probably way more how y'all can, um, you know, look through this, but we're just going to look at three pinpointed things that I saw as we study. So number one, the first power that y'all have is the power of influence, the power of influence. You know, I, I'm reminded just, just as we kind of get started, if you will, let's go to Genesis 16. And as y'all are turning there, you know, I think about the influence that you have. Ladies, again, y'all have something to where if if a man is is broke down, you know, if he's hurting, if he doesn't believe in himself anymore, if he doesn't think he, he can do it anymore, you know, you can just say literally the words, I believe in you. You can literally say the words, keep going or don't quit. And then the same guy that has been broke down for three years or or five years or a week or whatever it is. There's a certain life that you can speak into him. We're going to get into that later. But there's a certain life you can speak into him for him to believe in what he's doing. And if you don't believe me, watch all 15 Rockies that are out there. And Rocky just gets beat to a pulp. And then what does she have to say? Keep going. 
you got it, Rock. You know, and, and he gets up and wins. And so, you know, you think about the influence that you have. You know, I think about Genesis 16. Now, remember in Genesis 12, you had uh, God talking to Abram, and he's talking about um, that you're going to have a son, right? But remember, Abram's old and Sarai's old at this time. But he says, look, your sons, your daughters, they're going to amount to the stars. It's going to be innumerable, you know, how many offspring and descendants you're going to have. And so year after year passes, no son, no descendants, no son. But then Genesis 16 comes, and then notice all this waiting, but then notice who gives the influence here. So now Sarai, Abram's wife, verse 1, bear him no children. So what's setting in right now? Discouragement hurt, loneliness, despair. Maybe they feel a little bit tricked by God at this time because they've been waiting. So you've got years between 12 and 16. That's a lot of years waiting. But she had a handmaid, verse 1, and an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai, the, the woman, right, the one who has this power, said unto Abram, Behold, the Lord has restrained me. Let's stop there. So was that true? Did the Lord restrain Sarai? No, it just wasn't time. But because of the power of her influence that she had, who started to believe that? Abram, the band around the home, the husband, the lead, who God set forth and who God initially talked to in Genesis 12. So now because of the despair that's happening, the loneliness that's happening, she convinces Abram that the person that talked to you, Genesis 12, the God that you love, the God that promised us all these things in Genesis 12, guess what he's doing? He restrained. You see the influence and the power she has, ladies? So notice, what if, let's just, let's just go into a multiverse here. What if we had a different Bible? And what if at this time, let's say they've waited for about 12 years up to this time, right? Let's say they've waited so long. What if we had a version of scripture that in verse two, instead of saying, and Sarai told Abram that the Lord has restrained me, we have a version of scripture that says, and Sarai comforted Abram. And Sarai believed in God. And Sarai loved the Lord. Do you think that it would have made it a little bit easier for Abram to keep waiting? Absolutely. But because she got tired, what did she do? She influenced the person that God talked to. And who knew that? She did. Ladies, y'all have something. You have a certain power. So now notice, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee. Notice, now whose will is more important in this situation, ladies? Is it God's will that's more important, or is it her will that's more important? So you see, here's the power that you have, ladies. Sometimes you're going to be put in situations like Abram where you're going to have to wait, where you might not get something in the time that you want it. But because you know you have this influence on this God, on this job, on this elder, on this deacon, on this whatever, because you know you have the influence on them and because you're done waiting, what might you do like Sarai? Well, you know what? I think that you should do this. 
I pray. Now let's stop here. Does this mean that you can't have conversations, that you can't speak your opinion, and that and that you shouldn't work together as a team with your with your elder, with your preacher, with your husband? Absolutely not. So let's not go to that extreme. But notice it had gotten to this point here in Genesis 16 where she wanted what she wanted now. I pray, go into my handmaid, and it might be that I may obtain children by her. Was that what God said in Gen- in Genesis 12? No. But who influenced Abram to sleep with Hagar? Sarai. So now let's think about it. Who was at fault in this situation? Was it just one person? No. It was both. So Sarai's at fault because of the power that she used. But then guys, Abram was at fault because at this time right here in Genesis 16, he took Sarai's word over God's. You see, ladies, that's how powerful y'all are. Let's, let's slow that down for a second. That is literally the power that you hold. Sometimes God can say one thing, ladies. God can tell a man to do one thing. God can tell a man to be this and do that. But because you feel this way and because you want him to do something else, he will do it to please you. That's how powerful you are. Sometimes you can influence a man that your word is more powerful than God's. That's crazy. But that's the power that you hold, ladies. That's the power that you hold. So now notice what? Notice, look at the end of verse two. How do you know that's true? We know her voice was so powerful because what did Abram do? At the end of verse two, and Abram hearkened to the voice of of Sarai instead of the voice of God. Ladies, the power of influence that you have over the men in your life is unparalleled. It's unparalleled. And what you can do, you can influence them to play, to play chess, meaning there might be moves that you can't make, but because you know he can, you will influence him to make the move. So who's so what you can become, you can become a guy's puppet master. But that's not that's not the role that was defined in Genesis. That's not God's role. So then then guys, what we can do is we can allow ourselves to be controlled by influence rather than be controlled by the voice of God. So do you see how on both sides, ladies, you have a responsibility towards God to use that power for good? But then, guys, we also have a responsibility to listen to the voice of God and to lead off of what he says. But notice, if both of these parties, husband and wife, both of these parties with a certain power, if they work together and they align those powers underneath the will of God, that's a powerful couple that can do amazing things for God. So let's not use the abilities and the powers, males and females, Let's not use the abilities and the powers that the Lord has given us for our own selfish ambitions to either get over on someone else or to just use or to really uh, fulfill our own ambitions. Let's use those powers for the glory of God. Matthew chapter five. So now, ladies, you have the power to influence anyone to do what you want to do. How do we know that? You remember when Herod. um when John the Baptist was arrested and remember as 
certain women were dancing in front of Herod because of how their bodies moved. They didn't even have to speak a word. Ladies, that's also how powerful you are. Sometimes you don't, y'all don't even have to say something. Sometimes y'all can just come into a room and command it based off how you walk, based off what you got on, based off how you smell. You can literally control a room without saying a word. And so what did she do? She came in. She danced before before Herod. She danced before the king. And what did he say? Because of the way that she moved, he said, I will literally give you up to half of the kingdom. If, if that's not influence, if that's not a superpower, I don't know what is. And what did she say? I want the head of John the Baptist on a charger. And because he promised it, he had to fulfill that. You see the power that y'all have, ladies? So, ladies, you can either use that underneath the submission of God, or you can use that power that you know you have for your own selfish ambition. How do we want to move? How do we want to walk? So, one, ladies, you have control. Ladies, you have control over me. You can have the power and you can have the influence to influence anyone, not just men, influence anyone to do what you want to do. Will you use that for good? Will you use that underneath the control of the word of God? Then two, here's what us you ladies have. Here's a special power that you have. <clears throat> you have the power of speaking life. Not only do with the help of a male, not only do you have the power of giving life, but you have the power of speaking life. You know, I think about uh, Proverbs chapter 31. <clears throat> and you look at this text here, Proverbs 31. And um, notice verse number, verse 26. So notice what the text says about her. She opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. There's something that you have, again, like we mentioned before in our introduction, there's something that you have where you can speak life into those around you. And this is not just speaking life into a male. This is speaking life into other people. And so as we talk about speaking life into, you know, I think about especially what that verse says in, in verse 26, when she opens her mouth, not only does wisdom come out, but the law of kindness comes out. You know, and here's a secular example, and we're going to we're going to tie this in, but I just want to use this as, a, as an example. You know, you think about um, the Lion King, right? Disney movie. So when you think about that, there were two people that tried to speak certain things to Simba. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'll, I'll try to explain it. So as Simba leaves from his father dying, his uncle kills his father, which sounds pretty dark as you grow older for a Disney movie. But as Simba, which is a lion, he leaves. And as he leaves, he meets Timon and Pumbaa. And what do they say? They say, well, instead of worrying about your problems, instead of, instead of going back to be king, instead of setting things in order, instead of being the man that you need to be, you know what? Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Everything's all good. Life is easy. Forget your problems. You can't control what other people do. You can't control the past. You can't control how other people feel about you. So just live your life. And instead of being who you need to be, Hakuna Matata, life is good. And so he lived years of his life like that. So what were they speaking into him? Were they speaking life into their so-called friend? No. But then Nala comes by his childhood friend, and she comes and finds him. 
And she tells him, we need you back home. Your uncle is taking over. There's no food. The, the place is desolate now. Everything's out of order. We need a leader. We, you need to come back. But he said, nah, I want to stay here. So what was she doing? She was speaking life into him. You know, ladies, there's things that you can do, especially to the male. When a male is not doing what he needs to do, when a male is not leading, when a male is not fulfilling his God-given role, instead of you just taking the role because you have the ability and the liberty to take on whatever he's doing, you know that you have the ability and the power to speak life into him. And, you know, sometimes, ladies and guys, this is for us, too. You need women around you that are going to challenge you to be the man that you need to be. And if you don't have that, then what you're going to become is something weaker than what you need to be. But sometimes when you have somebody that challenges you, we automatically deem that person, whether male or female, we kind of deem that person as unloving because they're doing something that's making me uncomfortable or they're doing something that's challenging, challenging me from my comfort zone right now. So I don't really need that. I kind of want some people that are in the same zone as I am that are not challenging me to be different and better than my current situation. As a male and as a female, is that where you're stuck right now? But ladies, what you can do to your friends who are females, to your friends who are males, you can speak life into them because you have that power and you have that influence. So, you know, I think about, um, I think about even Ruth, you know, remember with Ruth, she tells Naomi, wherever you go, I go, whoever your people are, I'm going. Yeah, I know you're sad right now. I know I'm sad right now, but what does she do? What did Ruth do? She spoke life into her. I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere. And so, ladies, you have that power because of Proverbs 31. You can have that law of wisdom in your mouth. And guess what? Wisdom is not always telling the males around you and not always telling your female friends that they're the best thing since sliced bread. There's a difference between that and flattery. Now, is there times where you need to encourage? Yes, great job. Yes, you're this. Yes, you did that. Yes, I believe you can do that. That's great things. But speaking wisdom is not all that. Sometimes speaking wisdom is, hey, you're not being the father you need to be right now. Hey, you're not being the man you need to be right now. Hey, you need to grow up. Hey, you need to, you need to do this. Hey, you're not fulfilling your role. Hey, you're not here for the family. Hey, you're, you're not doing what you need to do right now. Guess what, ladies? That, what are you doing right now? You're speaking life into that man. Why? Because there's wisdom because there's kindness, and because you know that that is the role that God has given you. Now, and I'm telling you, and we're going to get into this in a second in Philippians 2, but that is a, the most beautiful thing in the world because Jesus did it. And I can't wait to get to that point. But when you think about speaking life into ladies, that's the power that you have. You can speak life into things that are dead. You know, you think about males that are discouraged. You think about friends that are discouraged. You think about family that's discouraged. If they have somebody there that can encourage them, that can grow with them. You know, I think about what Paul said in Second Thessalonians. He said he, he nurtured the congregation there like a nurse. You know, and it, it, the thing about a mother, a mother has this and a woman has this instinct to nurture. 
they have this instinct to always take care of and to defend something that they that they love, whatever that thing is, or whoever that is. And so what you can do, ladies, is you have the power to speak life into those things to help them to become better for God. Why? Because we saw that you have influence. So what could Sarai have done in Genesis 16? She could have spoke life into Abram. Abram, look, I know we waited this long. I know it seems like God's not giving us anything, but what did he say? He said, you told me, Abram, you told me he said we would have a son. So if we have to wait, we will wait. Don't you think it would have been easier for Abram to wait if she had the mindset to do that too? She could have spoke life into that man at that time. And then Abram in turn could have reciprocated and spoke life into her. Y'all have, have a power, man. You have an influence that is special. And it's not just certain ladies have it. All of you have it. All of you have it. You might not think you do, but you all have it. You all have that power to speak life. So don't be afraid to speak that life with wisdom and kindness, but also don't be afraid to challenge. Don't be afraid to challenge people to get better. There's a way to do that. And, and guys, let's talk about us. When the ladies in our lives, our mothers, our wives, those we're seeing right now, if, if they challenge us to be better, don't take that as nagging. Don't take that as um, you know nitpicking because you're always going to fight. But when the mothers in your life, when the women in your life, when they're when they're saying these things to you, they're saying it for a reason because they see there is a way that you can improve as a man for God. So we as guys have to have Matthew chapter five, verse three towards them. Because remember, we need to take care of them. And remember, our prayers can be hindered because we don't treat her the way that she needs to be treated. So what we have to do in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, if they bring up these certain concerns, some that we can pray about, but if we need to make adjustments, we need to look at what they're saying and make those adjustments. Because what are they ultimately trying to do? They're trying to speak life into us to make us better men and leaders and fathers for the, for the home and for the church. So we got to take that. We got to take that. And we have to have as males we have to have the humility to listen when they say those things. So everything always goes back to Jesus' heart in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That has to work as those women are speaking life into us. All right? So notice, women, y'all got some powers, man. <laughs> y'all got, got an arsenal. You got some superpowers here. But here's the third one, and this is going to be great from Philippians 2. Ladies, not only do you have the power of influence, not only do you have the power of speaking life into things, but number three, you have the power of Jesus. Wait, what are you talking about the power of Jesus? I'm not, a, I'm not you know, out front. You know, people don't see me all the time. People don't hear my name in the bulletin. People aren't giving me praise. People aren't doing all this stuff. You have the power of Jesus. So check this out. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Look at Philippians chapter 2. And as we turn there, here's how we're going to introduce this point. For the longest time, and this idea, sadly, has crept into the minds of our beautiful ladies in the church. The idea that submissiveness is, it makes you weak. Um, the idea that submissiveness makes you less of a woman. The idea that submissiveness makes you less than a person. 
has crept into the crept into the church and made women believe that that is a nasty word that is a bad word that is a demeaning word right but let's look at it from the eyes of jesus and let's see if we can reconsider and get get our minds to start thinking okay so is jesus lord yes is jesus god yep was jesus the master teacher he was so was jesus powerful yes or no I can't, I, don't, I can't even see you right now, and you're answering yes, right? So, I, so we know he is. So Jesus is powerful. Notice what Jesus did. Now, I want you all to see this. This is incredible. Philippians 2, and let's look at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, stop right there, is God almighty? Is God powerful? So if God is who he says he is, then who is Jesus? God. So being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Was Jesus equal with God? Yes or no? So if he was, now let's look at the text. So even though he knew who he was, watch this. And being found in the fashion of a man, well, actually, no, verse 7, of being made himself of no reputation, he took upon himself the form of a servant. So let's make a comparison. In terms of how we're built, right? In, in terms of just male and female, are males better than, than females? No. Are females better than males? No. So in terms of humanity, what are we like God is? Equal. In terms of humanity. Now, are there roles that God has given us? Yes. But in terms of humanity, are we equal? Okay. So if we're equal, who is Jesus to God, y'all? He was equal with him. He was equal with the creator of everything. But notice what he decided to do. He made himself of no reputation. So let's use that submissive thing that's always going around for the last couple of years. So if we say that submissiveness is as bad as we say it is, and we uplift other things, then I guess we're saying Jesus is nothing then. I guess we're saying Jesus is weak then. I guess we're saying Jesus wasn't independent, y'all, because if we're saying the same things about us as ladies, then that's, that applies to Jesus too. Because guess what he did? He made himself of no reputation, even though he was equal. So I guess y'all are saying Jesus is weak. If, if we want to keep it a buck, if we want to keep it, if we want to say that we're this, then we have to apply that to Jesus then. You see why that's, it, it, it's not kosher. It doesn't work. So then watch this. He made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man who's nothing but dust, he humbled himself. You know the Greek word for humbled right there in the text? Guess what that word is that we think is so evil? Jesus made himself submissive. He made himself. So now, Let's go, to, let's go back to what we're talking about. Ladies, did you know that you have the power to do exactly what Jesus just did 
in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, you have the power, even though you as a female, in terms of just humanity in general, as a race, did you know that even though you are equal with a man in terms of generality as as humanity, that because God said it, let me slow down. Because God said, this is the way that I want things run in the home and in the church. If you are Matthew 5, verse 3, guess what you won't have a problem with? You won't have a problem with that word. But if you got a problem with it, then number one, you got a problem with God. But then number two, you're demeaning Jesus. Because you're saying that what he did was weak. But was it? Hmm. I guess not if we put it in that in that realm, huh? Jesus decided to humble himself. And he took on that form of submissiveness. So when he took on that form, why do we think that form is weak today? Because the world tells us in the home, in the workplace, and in the church, if as a lady, if you are that, if you are Matthew, or if you are Philippians 2, 5 through 8, you will never be uplifted. You will never get the credit. You'll never get the pat on the back. You'll never get the job. You'll never get the independence. You'll never get it if you're this. If you're that, you'll never get where you where you need to go. It's a man's world, right? You'll never get it. So guess what we're worried about? That word submissiveness, guess what, guess what the whole worry behind it is? I won't be exalted if I'm that word. Whether for myself as an individual or whether in the corporate or the spiritual world, I'll never be exalted the way that I want to be exalted. Well, if you're worried about being exalted, number one, what, is, what does the Bible say? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and who will do the lifting? You, right? Your smarts, right? Your looks, right? Your independence, right? Your body, right? All that stuff, right? You can be exalted that way. And if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to stop you. Now, you're not for me, but I'm not going to stop you. I won't stop you with, with living that life. But if you look at the text, if we're, if you're, if as a lady, you're worried about being lifted, watch this verse, verse eight and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient, submissive unto death, even the death of the cross. And after he fulfilled that God given role, what did God do to him? Verse nine, wherefore, God hath highly exalted the one who made himself submissive. And he gave him a name that is above every name. Ladies, here's the thing. For your consideration, which exaltation are you more worried about? Do you want to be exalted to where people see you as you don't need anything or need anyone in your life? If that's the way that you want to go, I'm sure by your will, you'll get that. And you'll get whoever you want with that. I'm sure you'll get that. But there's another way to be exalted. Remember in Proverbs 31, that woman has a law of kindness in her heart, but the woman has that law of wisdom in her heart. You know, not only will God exalt you, number one, but if you look at that text back in, in Proverbs chapter 31, it said that the husband 
will praise her and exalt her by the gates. When somebody was by the gates, it meant authority. So guess what? Everybody will know, not for credit, but everybody will know this house, this man, these children, this company, this church, this whatever could not run the way it ran and it's running if she was not here. If that's not enough, then you will physically exalt yourselves just so you can be seen. Now, again, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to stop you. That's your prerogative. But then also that text in Proverbs 31 says, not only will the husband praise her by the gates, but her children are going to rise up and call her blessed. That's being exalted the godly way. Women, God is not against you being exalted. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Not, not even me. You hear what the scripture saying? God is not against you being exalted, but God is showing you the way to be exalted that way. So now, which way do you want to be exalted? It's, it's, it's a question for you to consider. So ladies, you know that you have, you literally have the power of Jesus. Now you can take that role that Jesus did and you can stomp on it and you can say it's weak and you can say as a woman, you'll never do it. That's you. That's you. But if that's how you want to go, are we really living out that role that Jesus showed us how to do? You see, when this is, when this is done the way that God wants it done, it is the most beautiful thing. And that guy feels so lucky and those children feel so lucky that they have parents that know why they're here. And again, I'm not a married man and I'm not there yet, but that's the image that I want for my home. You know, that's the image that I see in mine. That's what I want. That's what I want for mine personally. So as we talk about this, we have to know the roles that we got to fill. And so, guys, quickly before we end, guys, these women of influence, these women that have the power of speaking life, these, these women that have the power of Jesus, you know, God has given us the role to love them. God has given us the role to understand them. God has given us the role to cherish them. God has given us the role to protect them. God has given us the role of teaching them. God has given us the role of, of loving them. So we got a role to play too. And here's the thing. You know the reason why all these things, the word submissive is bad today? Why things are the way that they are? You know why it's that way? Because honestly, guys, we haven't been doing in the past the things that we need to do to lead. So if nobody's leading, somebody's got to take it. So because we haven't been what God needs us to be, then we've set things off course. So it's not, it's not one size. It's not there. It's not all their fault. It's on us too. Because if we were who we needed to be, then things would work the way that they're supposed to work because we're setting God's order. So I know sometimes this is not popular. I know sometimes this isn't um, this isn't what even even the modern Christian woman wants to hear. 
And if that's the case, that's the case, but I'm not going to apologize for it. And it doesn't mean you got to be nasty about it or mean about it, but because God said it, why should I apologize for it? Because it goes against, you know, what culture says doesn't mean it's not right. Man, so as as we go through this, man, and as we study and as we learn, guys, we got we got we got work to do. We have to be the men that God needs us to be. Ladies, you have a power. You have you have you have something special to literally change lives. Literally change lives. But ladies, you also have something that can that can take kingdoms, literally, that can take men and you can break them down any way you want to break them down because you have that type of power. You literally have the power sometimes that goes over God's word. But how will you use the power that you have? Ladies, hone that thing. Use that thing for God's for God's glory. Use yourself for God's glory. And if there's ways that uh, we can pray for you and help you, let us do that. Let us do that so we can help each other. So I hope that that was able to encourage you as we study together. And I hope that this is something that all of us can get better at and we can grow and we can be what the Lord wants us to be. So Lord willing, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday. And um, hopefully some more things will, some more things will work in the studio. I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm just really excited for this opportunity we have to grow. All right, guys, we'll see you next week.